0: Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Feels like a bit of a break. Uh, I have been in the UK visiting family, having a great time. Even managed to throw a Bitcoin meetup at the Suffolk Jungle Cafe in Metfield, Suffolk, where they are accepting Bitcoin. Make sure you get down there, you East Anglian plebs. And I'm going to be off to Snetterton this weekend to go and cheer on the Bitcoin racing team in real life. It's happening in the UK, guys. Lots of shit going on. Keep an eye open. This rip is with Obi. Obi was the CEO and co-founder of CoinFloor. He ran that exchange for eight years in the UK before moving on to pastures new. CoinCorner took over the accounts and have been doing an excellent job and have recently released their bulk card, which is what I have been using in the UK at the Suffolk jungle room to pay for copies. So great work Coin Corner. Excellent, brilliant piece of equipment, that bolt card. Make sure you are using it if you've got it. If not, use it to orange peel as many merchants as you can. We are all in this together. So coincorner.com forward slash social forward slash bitten. Get a free 10 pounds when you start stacking with the guys over in the Isle of Man. Uh, Swan Bitcoin, have you covered in the US? As you know, you can stack with swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten, gets you free $10 when you sign up. Set it and forget it. Excellent team, excellent service. Bitcoinreserve.com forward slash bitten will be able to help you in the same way as Swan do in the, in the US. They also run a concierge service white glove service for those people looking to put on 50,000 euros or pounds or more. Give the Bitcoin Reserve guys a follow and reach out to them in their DMs. Relai.ch forward slash bitten. They are a stacking service across the UK and Europe. You can download the app and start stacking very quickly with those guys and smash buy now. And Julian's gonna be coming back on the show very soon to be talking about all of these things. Make sure you are stacking safely. Shift Crypto have you covered. Shift Crypto. forward slash bitten gets you 5% off the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin only hardware wallet. Please take control. Obi's gonna be talking about that in this episode with his latest project. Self custody is so important. Uh, Conferences, make sure you're getting over to Riga. I'll be there, look forward to meeting you. Tap me on the shoulder, say hi. That's the uh, Honey Badger Conference in Latvia coming up 3rd of September that weekend. Also get to Liberty in our lifetime in Prague, 21st to 23rd of October. We're talking about parallel systems, getting those put in place and building those communities. This is not just for Bitcoiners. It's all over the place. Freedom maximalists to alternative medicines, etc. I don't know what to expect. It's going to be awesome. Use code PRINCY for 10, 15 or 20% discount. I can't remember how much. And then look out uh, for bitcoinday.io as well. Enjoy this one with Obi. All right. Apparently, we're recording. Obi.
1: Hello. How are you doing, mate? I'm I'm amazing, energized.
0: Love to hear it. Lots to talk about. But first of all, of course, Lauren, uh, the mic is yours.
2: Hi. So this time I've come prepared because um, the amount of times I've done it and it goes all wrong. Um, So my question is, are you making another business?
1: Uh, After CoinFloor, um, the short answer is yes. If you asked me uh, a few months ago, um, the answer would have been not for a while Um, after eight years of running CoinFloor. But uh, um, I saw a problem that was really big that affected a lot of people, some of the most underprivileged in the world. And um, along with my new um, co-founders, we felt we had to do everything possible to deal with the problem. And we found, think we have a way of doing it. So yes, we're starting up a new business.
2: Nice. Um, And do you think maybe after that, um, would you think of making another business or are you just like, I think I'm gonna not do a business for a while?
1: What, after this business or? Or uh, I I would hope that this business goes on forever and ever and uh, there's a lot to do. It's super exciting. So I don't really have an idea of if or whether there would anything be, be anything after it. I'm happy to do this too, to the day I to the day I move on to the next adventure. <laughs>
2: Well, that sounds cool. Making a new um, a business. Um, do you think it's like like really hard to make a business, or just hard?
1: Um, I think that it's 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 always hard, but if you're doing something you're really passionate about, with people alongside people that are really passionate about the thing, and they are and they're good at what they're doing then it's not as hard as it can be. If you're doing it with people who, where you're not aligned on their vision, they have different goals and aspirations, then it's either impossible or next to impossible. All right. Are you applying for a job here? No,
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) That's a very good question though. Thank
2: you.
0: All right, excellent well uh thanks for your questions do you, do you feel like you're spent or do you have more
2: i don't i don't think i have any more you
0: don't all right okay
2: wait i have one more uh okay <laughs> uh why um so this business you're gonna do about bitcoin am I right?
1: Oh, only bitcoin yeah
2: yeah that's so. um so why would you use bitcoin and not anything else
1: um not anything else um that's a good question to answer simply this is about giving people freedom and people who don't have freedom giving them access to freedom and bitcoin is the only freedom money and therefore it has to be the only choice
2: all right and if i to
1: to elaborate yeah just elaborate other other monies have someone who's the leader Mm-hmm. Um, if you're dealing with fiat currencies, there's a government. If you're dealing with other alternative cryptocurrencies, there's generally some sort of figurehead, some person on the top. All
2: right. Yeah. Now I think my questions are
1: up. Okay. <laughs> cool. Do you have any questions, Obi? Um. How? Uh, uh, what are your thoughts around? Bitcoin now that you've been hearing your dad talk about it for so long?
2: I think it is, uh, um, like what you just said, it's like basically freedom and everyone can do whatever they want with it. And I find that good because um, if there's someone controlling it and you want to like use it, because it's your choice. You can't be like, no, you can't do that. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like um, someone should always do something They want to do, and you shouldn't. No one should just be like, No, you shouldn't do that. I mean, if it's like something like really bad, you know, but like,
0: we're looking for freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Well, do you want to say uh, goodnight to Obi?
2: Yeah. Thank you. Bye.
1: Good night. Good night. Thank you.
0: All right, mate.
1: Good to good to see you again. Good to see you. Where do we it begin? To be? It hasn't been that long. Um, I'm 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 in Prague right now, and uh, I earlier today I was at a place called Paralerni Police, which is where Hackers Congress occurs, and I was catching up with my co-founders. Um, for my new company uh one of the co-founders was the first time i ever met in 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 real life so we formed the company together and never actually physically met so that was that was fun
0: excellent and that went down just today yeah
1: yeah just just to just no yesterday was the first time we ever met yesterday evening briefly right but uh yeah
0: <laughs> This is what the Bitcoin space does. All right, so let, let's back it up for those that uh, may not have heard of you. Uh, I'm sure they have. This is the time you've been on the show. You were the first sponsor of the show back in the day when uh, the, the podcast started two years ago, uh, and that was with CoinFloor. So let's just remind people of your first business. What what was CoinFloor? What, how did it begin? What did it become? And why did you move away from it?
1: So, um, CoinFloor was the UK's longest running Bitcoin-only exchange. Um, It began in 2013, and this was in the shadow of Mt. Gox, Mt. Gox, which was, at the time, this huge um, Bitcoin and crypto, it was mainly Bitcoin exchange, which most people used. I mean, you see similar things happening today. Um, and most people entrusted with their Bitcoin, and then it, it sort of famously imploded. And even to today, people are trying to recover. They trusted it, and then it imploded. You're seeing a similar thing happening now with uh, companies today, and it probably will take a similar amount of time for people to maybe get their money back. Um, at the time, um, a number of people Um, came out saying that they were going to offer competing exchanges or they just recently started up exchanges um, to try and effectively provide a more trustworthy version of what Mt. Gox did. We were one of them. And so we set ourselves up to be transparent and focus on getting regulation and be regulated. Um, The objective was good. We wanted to help our customers. And we wanted to help them transition from fiat money, which was this regulated currency to Bitcoin, which is this regulation-free freedom money. Um, However, um, over the following eight years and um, the ups and downs of the Bitcoin space, um, I realized that um, regulation was going to just get more and more onerous, more and more onerous for for myself as someone who ran an exchange, but also for our customers because we had to pass on that complexity to our customers. That made the user experience worse for our customers. It made um, the challenge of using our service worse for our customers. And ultimately that was exclusory because the more complex it gets, the, the less people are gonna be willing to want to use it. And the people who need it most, the people who are not necessarily so technically uh, au fait or in certain jurisdictions, which an exchange would may consider too high risk or too high efforts to deal with, effectively get excluded. And when you thought about it, we were talking about billions of people around the world being excluded. And so um, I felt that I was going from being this, you know, this Robin Hood jailbreaker almost to to becoming the jail keeper. And that's not why I signed up to to start the process. So um, around first, beginning of last year, uh, it became clear to me that I needed to think about selling CoinFloor. And by the end of the year, um, CoinFloor was sold and uh, that's where it ended. And I'm moving on to much more exciting pastures new.
0: All right. So, if I can pick the story up a little bit, that that final year, because it was a surprise to all of us that had been uh, in this place <laughs> and had been using your service, and had even just conducted uh, an interview with you talking about your your brand new app, uh, the Coinfloor yeah. app, that uh, that just been, and it felt to me as though everything was going great. Uh, you you definitely did not let on to the fact that you were having these kind of uh, thoughts so you know well done to you for uh for keeping that firmly under your hat how did you cut how many how many people were courting the coin floor business and why and how did you end up coming to terms with uh with what i believe to be the absolute best scenario with, with danny scott at uh, at coin corner i almost said coin floor
1: so yeah, I mean, things were, were going well. We'd just rolled out the app. We had a few versions under our belt and we had a long roadmap of things to add. Um, and so it was good and we could have continued, but a few things happened um, again during this, this um, year. Um, I started an application process. Um, um, there's an organization called Be Trust. This was set up by Jack Dorsey and Jay Z, uh, and it was announced. Well, it was sorry, it was announced at the beginning of last year as well. And I chose to apply um, to that um, with 7,000 plus other people. This was an organization that was to be a trust entrusted with a certain amount of Bitcoin 500 Bitcoin um, and to use it towards. Um, cultivating Bitcoin protocol engineers, the next generation of Bitcoin protocol engineers, with a focus on people in the global South. And um, so Africa, India, um, or Southeast Asia, Latin America, Middle East, etc. The idea is to try and locate, um, educate and remunerate these um, people, talented individuals from these parts of the world, to help add to the Bitcoin protocol engineering ecosystem, which in turns um, helped everybody in Bitcoin. So I applied to that. And as the months were going along, um, the the field got whittled down and it was starting to look like this was something actually a a significant opportunity as opposed to just a flyer and applying. Um, And also in parallel, um, I, decided for the first time, i would always wanted to do this, but I decided to visit um, Hackers' Congress in Paranel and Pélis, which is where I met the first of my um, future co-founders. Um, and I'd been toying around, or I'd I increasingly had concerns around the need to get more people to self-custody and the challenges of getting people to self-custody with the current set of problems. Um, and when I came across when I came across uh, the the product that was, is the protocol that we're basing, we're using for our our new business, um, Fediment, I realized that combined with my sort of knowledge of what was involved in um, an exchange in a regulatory environment, et cetera, that there was opportunity to create this whole new class of community custody, which um, if done right um, could be, Better than anything else that existed before it, and it was it was just incredibly exciting. So with those two different things happening in parallel, um, it really focused my mind on uh, moving on to the to to a bigger vision of getting billions of people into Bitcoin and as many people off regulated exchanges. As possible, bitcoiners of regulated exchanges, all coiners can stick on them if they want to, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? Okay, now wait, self custody as an owner of an exchange.
1: I, 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 to go to your question, just, yeah. uh, just, uh, just to... just because there's a um, so that all happened because you said it came out of left field, that's why yes. it came out of left field. But then, um, it was clear to me that I, I really wanted to sell our offering. Um, to companies that were focused on Bitcoin. Mm. There were various large exchanges who approached us, who um, you know they were asking questions like, "Will you be able? To, how easy would it be able to have an as an altcoin to this, or or a, an exchange token, and so on?" And I immediately, obviously, discounted them in my mind. Um, and then there were, but there were still a number of offerings from companies who. Um, were either fully Bitcoin-focused or quite mostly Bitcoin-focused. However, for me, the offering that um, was most interested in, to me, and f- for me, that meant the offering which I felt served our customers the best and their needs the best and was most aligned with what was in the best interest of our customers was was Coin Corner. So um when they made the offer, I was very, very happy about that and, and I worked and um, with our board to explain why this was really important to have an offering from a company that was you know focused on the same things as we did. They were the philosophical um, brothers and sisters of, of, of Coinfloor, and so they, And because we were very much aligned the whole transition process, we tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, It went, especially considering how fast we moved very, very smoothly. Uh, They're a great group of people to work with. And I'm really, really glad that we made that choice. Um, And it was, you know, to to switch and to to transition to them. And it was a very safe pair of hands. um, and aligned pair of hands to pass the baton on for, for CoinFloor.
0: Yeah, well done, mate. Like I said, I think it was the, the perfect decision and CoinCorner have gone on to done, do amazing things and will con- uh, continue to do amazing things. Uh, and um, with, I'm sure a lot of the customer base of CoinFloor just switched across, so well done. Now, self-custody, mm. obviously being an owner of an exchange can I ask you did, did you, did you know, did you have that kind of uh, information as to how many of the customers were self-custodying? Was it still a problem for you to try and educate people? Did you find there was like upticks or downticks, uh, where, you know, depending on the price? What was your inside view of self-custody?
1: So, yes, I, I had, we... Unlike many other exchanges, we tried very, very hard to get people to self-custody. Because most exchanges uh, will pay lip service to self-custody, but they really don't want you to self-custody. Um, and even though we tried really hard, the, the vast majority of people, um, especially if they were um, retail users, not holding large amounts, would not self-custody for various reasons. One they were scared of self-custodying. And two, another big reason they were, it was too complex. They found it too technically complex, uh, even after education. And the third is cost. If they only had $200 or 200 pounds worth of um, of Bitcoin, it didn't really make sense to, to spend $100 on, or hundred pounds on a hardware wallet and it made much more sense to just buy more bitcoin with about 100 pounds you know because that's a 50 percent increase and so when you think about the cost to get uh, a really secure um setup the 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 first thing is get a hardware wallet but if you really want to do it best in a best practice way um you could be talking about hundreds of pounds to get it fully set up correctly um and then you have to think well how much Bitcoin do you have to have for it to make sense to spend hundreds of pounds? Not to mention your time, which you have to put a price on as well. Um, So for most people, either they spent far more on it given the amount they had. Um, So it didn't, I? economically, they should have probably spent more money on buying Bitcoin or they would have to be large holders of Bitcoin for it to make sense. Um, And so that's why economically a lot of people were excluded from self custody as well now if you if, if if you have the financial resources the technical that came in, and you're you're brave enough to do it then 100% you know have at it you should you should do it but for the vast majority of the users it it didn't it didn't um it didn't make sense for them so you ended up with the very technical people or the high high net worths who are self-custodying. But that led to this sort of technological apartheid, effectively, that you're excluded from it through technical or financial reasons. And I didn't want that. I wanted everybody to be able to access it. In fact, the people who were excluded are the ones who needed it the most. Hmm. And so that was a, was a bad state of affairs, and we had to resolve that. And uh, I want to say we, the world needed to resolve that situation.
0: And the other thing that um, that you insisted on at uh, Coinfloor, and I don't know how many other companies even do this to this day, was uh, you had full proof of reserves. Do you want to explain to people why that's so important?
1: Yeah. Um, so what we what we as an exchange, we have an ability to um, um, effectively do. Um, Action or reserve state that we have a certain amount of Bitcoin, but actually have less than that because we've lost it or because we lent it out. To be topical, lent it out and um, to someone who couldn't repay, or so on and so forth. Um, and as such, uh, we end up becoming insolvent. And to protect our users from ourselves. We, um, early on, committed to perform a a task which was to, on a monthly basis, prove that at at a point in time, attest to the fact that we had more Bitcoin on hand than, or or the same or more Bitcoin on hand than the amounts that we're supposed to have for users. Um, And by doing this, it's, it's not foolproof, and there's no foolproof way to do this when you're taking um, custody but it makes it very very hard to um, be insolvent for for, uh, without people figuring it out after a period of time and that process is called provable solvency or proof of reserves you're proving on a monthly basis that you have the reserves you're supposed to have so at the time we made this commitment and this was in 2013, early 2014, we made this commitment that, upon launch, every month we will do this. And at the same time, I think a number of exchanges also made the same promise. Uh, I, so there was Coinbase, there was Bitstamp, BTC China, who's not around anymore, blockchain.info, who's now blockchain.com, all made that same promise. The difference is they didn't keep it. I think, you know, particular cases even once they didn't perform an audit even though they promised to and then within six months they all wiped the information off their website about the commitment to doing it uh, although you can go back in the way back where she find the commitment if you wish to and we did we kept it up we did three months um, we weren't a huge exchange but we weren't a small one but as a immediate exchange but we kept it up every month without fail for eight years. And uh, um, I think that's a big part of the reason why we weren't hacked, or we weren't, <laughs> it, it focuses your mind to keep thinking about you're a servant of your customers, and you're looking after their asset and to take it seriously. Um, so for us, we found it priceless, invaluable to do it.
0: So yeah, to keep it topical, with what you're seeing right now must be very upsetting to you know witness these companies that have either been loaning out the Bitcoin, rehypothecating, taking their customers' money and, you know, basically wrecking them at the end of the day?
1: Uh, it's, uh, I, unfortunately, it wasn't surprising for me. Uh, it's We've looked at the idea of offering lending um, to our customers at CoinFloor many times, but we eventually passed because we couldn't figure out in our, you know, maybe people were cleverer than us, but if in doubt, kick it out, as my football instructor used to say uh, at secondary school. And if I didn't understand how something with high interest rates, which was supposedly in my limited knowledge meant high risk, could also be low risk, because interest rates is is an indication of the risk that you're taking. And so when we talked about to people about partnering with them to offer this, Um, The explanations they gave for why it was still low risk, even though you can get these very high rates of return, never made sense to me. And so either we weren't capable of understanding this or something was up. Either way, it didn't make sense for us to proceed. Um, But our suspicion was that um, loans were going out to um, a status A grade um, borrowers but then they were taking that and lending it out to status B grade borrowers who were taking it and lending it out to status C until at some point you got down to some you know um, someone who was very very high risk to lend to um, which sounded very similar to um, to what led to the financial crisis that led to the birth of Bitcoin. Um, it also became even more concerning that if you had to provide collateral, um, i.e money upfront more than the value bitcoin more than the value than you wanted to lend um, very often they're very very candid about the fact that they will take that collateral that you're using to secure the loan and also lend that out as well so they're earning money from you from the interest but they're also earning money from you from taking your collateral and lending it out again to status a grade um, people who would then lend it on to status b grade c grade so your collateral would um, ultimately have a similar risk profile attached to it to the um, to the people that you're lending money out to as well. So it just felt like a very uncomfortable situation. Um, And so we decided not to have any part of it. It also meant that that risk was going to be borne by everybody who was holding money with that institution, not just the people taking the risk. Um, because of the nature of 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 how these services worked, so again, um, it, it was an it was an uncomfortable situation. I can't really comment, and I'm really sorry for everybody who's going through this experience at the moment. But for us, um, um, we made sure that we didn't have any involvement with that. Instead, we went the other way and focused on allowing people to dollar cost average and auto sweep their money off. Uh, off off the exchange automatically and quickly um, to minimize the amount of time they needed to custody with us as a custodian.
0: Mate, that's such a a great place to put a pin in the uh, the coin floor story there. I just wanted to go through those specific points for anybody that is listening to this and has gone through this uh, craziness for the last few months uh, from somebody that was on the inside running one of these businesses and had done the deep dive on it. So please, anyone, Self-custody and double-check that uh, you know the the companies that you are using uh, do have some kind of proof of reserve. Uh, right. So, yeah, moving on then. And I want to bring – we can't just – we will get to FEDMIT and we'll do that justice. But the story that you said you applied for the B-Trust Fund, it, we can't just let that story go untouched. So you apply for that. Uh, that starts getting whittled down. At some point, you must make like uh, I don't know the last cut or something. At what point did you realize? Oh shit! This this could be. What, what was the process like? What you know, What was going on? Were these one-on-one interviews, or you'd do group interviews, and they would whittle you down?
1: So um, initially, started with a a Google form on online. And you applied, and it was just asked you pretty much name, email address, and a one sentence of why you think you should, should be considered. Then it went to you. Got do you remember the, your one sentence? I, I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very basic, but but, um, but um, it got it got me through to the next round, and um, and then I think the next round they asked the question of you know what. What do you think B Trust needs to do to resolve, um, to get more um, engineers from the global South effectively um, involved with Bitcoin protocol, um, engineering and development. And that one you had um, a much longer, um, a much greater amount of words to effectively put together an essay to answer two or three different questions. And I and I put this treatise together around all the things I think needed to be done, and and obviously money was an element of it, but also we had to think about the idea of almost like ambassadors because you've got cultural differences and so on, implicit and explicit, and you needed people who were already part of the system sort of to navigate these people through, um, as, as opposed to just throw them in with a salary with salary and figure it out themselves if you wanted to. Maximize the chance of success, um, and I yeah I went on to various different things, and um, ultimately that was also considered a good answer. And uh, post uh, myself being uh, chosen as one of the, and I think I didn't actually, I think I didn't um, clarify that I I, and I am now one of the four successful board members for B Trust. Uh, You got to see everybody else's results and responses, which were all really, really interesting, powerful responses from the other board members. Uh, That's Ojoma, um, that's Abu Bakr, and Carla. And um, and so at that stage, it started to become a lot more in-person. There was, uh, um, I had the opportunity to talk to people over the phone and and have some, um, or over Zoom and have some Zoom meetings. And I had also decided that I wanted to go to El Salvador um, um, for the Adopting Bitcoin conference. And uh, while there, some of the people who had been, who'd volunteered their time from different organizations to help um, curate, uh, some of the applicants happened to be there. So I met up with some of them there and had some more diesel discussions while I was there. Um, and at this time, you got the feeling that we were probably down to the last few dozen um, at that stage. Um, and then there were a few more meetings involving uh, ultimately a call um, with Jack Dorsey as well, which was a really, really interesting call. And I found out I was one of the last four. And we got on a call. Jack was there. Um, Jay Z was there, and uh, it was a it was a fun fun call. You don't often have a call with uh, with Jack on one side, Jay Z on the other, and all these incredible people who had helped um, throughout the entire process. Plus this this team, and so uh, and that's where we began. And since then, we've been working diligently um, to put together the Trust organization, because it's a, we have effectively um, been given responsibility for this 500 BTC and it's for us to decide how to use it. But our focus still remains um, increasing the level of representation of, of in the Bitcoin um, protocol engineering ecosystem of people from the global South. And uh, yeah, there's, there's gonna be some announcements in that coming soon. But I I won't. I'll leave that for um, others to announce when it's ready.
0: Amazing, mate! Well done. What a what a ride! And uh, no more fitting people, I'm sure that uh, that they've they've chosen. And I I think there's like a a limit on how long you can do the role for. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Well, there is no limit. We could have set ourselves. We could have made ourselves uh, anointed ourselves um, kings and queens of uh, trust. Forever, uh, and uh, I think uh, Jack mentioned that it's you know it's uh, it, we have full discretion on what we spend the money on. We could have bought ourselves a, a castle in in Germany if we wanted to, but I don't think we would have got from seven thousand to four if we were that sort of minded. And one thing for me is you, you know these things, and and not just me, all of us is that there's a view that we want to make these things decentralized and not have, and not have a key man or woman risk. So I, we very early on um, discussed the idea of making the roles asset a board, um, making the roles time limited. So that was put in place by ourselves. It didn't, we didn't have to do that, but it just seemed to make sense that um, we passed the baton on to, to others. Um, so yes, so there is a time limit. That's one of the things that we put in. Another thing you can see on our, um, our founding principles on our website is that it's Bitcoin only, you know? So that's another very, very core principle. Um, so, and, and there's others, but, but, um, but those are just examples.
0: All right, mate. So when then did, uh, Fediment all start trying to, uh, Surface in your mind.
1: Uh, So, when did it start? When did it surface in my mind? When it started was uh, several months before I became aware of it. Um, My, uh, the co-founder of the company that we're forming, which is not Fedimint. Fedimint is just to be clear is the is the protocol. Okay. Um, uh, The company is creating a technology that will powered by Fedimint, but. Fetty Mint, the protocol, was um, an idea that um, my co-founder Eric Syrian came up with. He was um, at Blockstream, who, uh, you know, amongst other of their many um, products, is the uh, are the creators of Liquid, which uses this concept called federations to effectively create this um, side chain for Um, Bitcoin, which is still has tokens are linked to Bitcoin value. Um, And if you want to send value, if you want to send um, Bitcoin back to, from the liquid side chains to the Bitcoin main chain, um, you need some way of signing transactions on the main chain to, to release some of the locked up Bitcoin that's held on the main chain, which Equate[s] to Bitcoin on the light on the liquid side chain. Um, that is done with the use of a federation, which is a form of very clever multi-sig managed between a group of people. Separately, he has had an interest and a background in um, privacy um, technology, and one of the areas that he'd investigated significantly for a significant period of time was the concept of Shamir Mints, which is a a privacy protocol um, that is actually incredibly effective. It's just the challenge is that it requires one central actor, one central server, like a bank almost, which has full visit, full um, single key control over all the bitcoins for anybody using the service. And so the the innovative step, the brainwave for him was to say, well, why don't we take this federation Um, concept that's used in liquid and federate the chalmia mint so that we still have all the privacy um, benefits of chalmia mints which is considered by many one of uh, one of the best forms of privacy that you can get cryptographically if you make the trade-off of having one single um one single person in, in control of the of of your of your bitcoin and combine it with federations. And you get this idea of a federated Chami Mint where you remove the single point of failure because uh, you could have a federation of five, six, 10 people where a majority of them need to act together to affect um, to a transaction, but you get the, the um, privacy properties of a Chami Mint. Um, liquid, um, sorry, not liquid, Blockstream, really liked the idea and chose to sponsor, um, decided to sponsor um, Eric to continue working on this. And then fast forward, uh, last year in October, I was at Haggis Congress looking for a way to get um, as many people as possible off regulated exchanges. And I'd been looking at various ideas. I I'd looked at um, how can I reduce the cost of hardware wallets, for example. Because so I I was investigating the idea of using old Nokia phones, which are basically almost doorstops now. Because there's hundreds of millions of them around. They're bulletproof, they're very reliable. And they're these interactive mini computers that are just sitting there. So that was one idea. I looked at many others. And a chance encounter in in just around the corner from where I am now. In parallel,ly police, um, I bumped into um, Eric. I explained some of my ideas to him. He didn't know who I was. He was very forthright in why he didn't think they would be, what they would work, and I was very grateful for that feedback. And then I asked him what he was working on, and he's explaining it. and And in his mind, it was a privacy protocol um, first and foremost. Um, and I asked him, you know. But how would you stop this from being regulated as some sort of mini exchange? And he hadn't, he didn't really have an idea of how that would be the case. But then, I thought, let me think through it and try to help you come up with that. And what I quickly realized was, if this this fed this federation, the people who are running the federation, the um, what we now call guardians, were um, trusted friends and family, and they did they chose not to make any revenue from this. So they weren't doing it by way of business. And if, as is the way with federations, no one party had a majority of keys. Well, in um, there's a very strong argument to be had that in many reasonable jurisdictions in the West, for example, Europe, US, that it would be exempt from or out with regulation. And that for me was really exciting because then you could have something which had an experience, which was akin to that of running an exchange, but without the regulatory overhead of running an exchange. Um, you had a, a system as well, which allowed you to custody your Bitcoin using multi-party custody, which um, for many people is the gold standard for for custody of bitcoin i.e., not holding it with one key but to separate it so you need a a number of different keys to be able to affect a transaction
0: this is going to be scaring a lot of people right this idea of um either one multi-sig or two um coming together and and um sharing information
1: what do you mean it's scaring people ask the question again i didn't understand
0: what, most people um when they look at um so we've done the whole range, right? We've got people that are not even self-custodying yet. Uh, yeah. We've got people that are self-custodying with, uh, that they will have the single the single hardware wallet maybe. And then we've got people that are, you know, multi-sig. So they've got uh, three, maybe even more uh, hardware wallets and they're controlling all of that themselves. But what you're trying to do is take it a, a step further.
1: Yeah, and, and I think... If you look you've got this sort of gamut you've got people who have given all of their bitcoin to a third party uh, an exchange also aka a stranger they've said look hey you're a stranger i don't know you you don't know me um but i'm going to give you and entrust all of my bitcoin with you. um we've seen how that's worked with mount gox with quadriga and more recently with a number of other regulated, highly trusted and inverted commons organizations. Um, you're giving your money to people who want to earn money from you as quickly as possible. They're incentivized by earning money from you and you're giving them your money to look off and paying their money to look after your money. You can see how there's a little bit of a, that, that's, there's a worry there because they, their objective is to try and earn as much money from you as quickly as possible. And you're giving them a lot of money to look after for you. Well, one of the quickest ways is just to go off with your money for them to earn money. Um, now, the way that's prevented is regulation because if you just left them to their own devices so they could anonymously look after your money without any, they have, they have no personal attachment to you at all it's just a simple shortcut to just run off of your money and pretend that it was hacked or pretend that they were stolen or lost and so on. And that's what happened again and again and again in the past. And so the solution to that was regulation. And we've seen more recently that even regulation doesn't help you lose your money. Um, uh, it's not a guarantee. Um, and even with things like Quadriga CX a few years ago, again, regulation didn't help in, in, again, in that case, um, but this is what most people do and what most people use. Um, and I, I like to sort of to tell, describe it as what it is. It's effectively stranger custody. And once you put it in those terms, you realize that really, do I want to be holding my money with a stranger? Um, it is um, the most prevalent, and that's the one I'm most concerned about, getting people off stranger custody and off exchanges. But on the other side, You've got first- party custody um, where you are holding your keys um, and no one else is involved. Um, and again, for um, want of a better phrase, I call it "do-it-yourself do it custody. You do it all yourself, which is great if you but just like DIY, um, there's a certain skill that's, a, that's required to do it all yourself. and there's a certain effort that's required to do it all yourself. And there's a certain cost you don't have economies of scale so if I want to build my own car myself I can do it and it's the sense of accomplishment be great but the, the expectation that everybody can build their own car may be unrealistic and once and when you realize that you're dealing with all your life savings and so on getting no help from anyone else and doing it yourself is going to be a challenge for people I'd love to see a day at some point in the future where everybody is technically capable of building their own car themselves, building their house themselves and managing all of their Bitcoin themselves. But there's going to be a while. And based on our conversations with our customers, I'll give you one example. It's Someone I now consider a very close friend who is a Bitcoin, is a CoinFloor customer. I, like many others, I asked to self-custody. And uh, she said to me, look, Obi, I completely get it. I'm, I'm a maxi, I get the idea, I really understand why I should be self custodying but the reality is I trust you more than I trust myself. And that is not an atypical answer. Um, the problem is a, a lot of the people who are really um, deeply ingrained in the space um, are the type of person who is capable of doing it all themselves and therefore they might have trouble understanding that many people just Feel, like, feel uncomfortable doing that. And, and even if we can get to that, most people will realize that we will agree that that's not gonna happen anytime soon. And so what we have now is something in the middle and there's really only a couple of examples of this. And it's what we call community custody, where a community of people come together to work with each other to custody their Bitcoin on behalf of the community. And that's something that's new, it's something between stranger custody and do it all yourself custody. It's forming thousands, hundreds of thousands of communities around the world and then custodying and leaning on each other to custody in a best practice manner, which is out with exchanges. Now, some of them will be at sovereign individual status and they will be able to self custody uh, as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. But with this solution, we can have a viable approach, a viable path to getting everyone or everyone who wants to be off exchanges in a matter of several months as opposed to several years.
0: All right. So let's take an example of, you know, one of the maxi plebs might be listening to this and have the same kind of situation you've got. They might have four or five friends, that they've managed to the orange pill, but just they will not self custody, or they've got their brother that won't do the same, or sister, whatever, right? So maybe you're the one guy that can can help uh, bring all this together, and your four or five other friends, or mix of friends and family, you want to bring along with you. This is where Mint comes in, right? That what what would um, what would this look like to form this little federation between like uh, five or six close friends?
1: Yeah, I also interesting to sort of note first is that um, a lot of people who are more okay fait with self-custody end up becoming ad hoc guardians for friends and family anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they will be asked, can you um, hold my bitcoin for me, please, because I don't feel comfortable doing it. Or can you hold the backups of my keys, please? Well, effectively, if you're holding the back of someone's keys, you're you're also custodying their Bitcoin for them, effectively. Um, and so if you're holding part of the back of their keys, then you are hold then you're just effectively still doing partial custody of their of their keys by 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 virtue of holding part of their keys. So when you think about it that way, most people in one way or another are likely who are in the space are likely in custody or partial custody either directly with the active keys or holding um, um taking custody or looking after um the backups of people's keys or part of the backups of people's keys and effectively as a guardian you are just holding part of the keys of a group of people on their behalf which is which is not very different from holding as and some of the words that make up the backup seat of, of someone already. So this is something that people do already, but they just um, do it in this ad hoc way, an unstructured way, and maybe not necessarily a secure way. Um, that's the first. Whereas with FedyMint, with we're, we're trying to find the best practice possible way of doing this, given that you're probably already going to be doing it in many cases. Now, in that scenario, what would happen is you would have, um, you would form a federation made out of a number of people that you believe are trustworthy, uh, who you know. Um, let's say four or five people. Let's say five, uh, who are also. I could form a federation with myself. For example, with you, with Newt, with Greg Foss and say Jeff Booth, you know, um, who we, you know, we know have, you know, have a focus on, um, they prioritize social capital as high, if not higher than financial capital. So, um, and they have a track record of, of behaving with integrity. Um, and they're they're technically reasonably, technically comfortable, they don't have to be, the way this Fedimin software is written is designed to be pretty headless in the sense that you just run it. And as long as you keep your servers fed and watered with electricity and Internet, it, it will run a bit like a set top box. You just plug it in and so on um, and have the software running um, once you do the initial configuration. So let's say we find our, our group of five. and. We form a federation. We all download um, the Fedimint software, the protocol software. We put in the IP addresses of everybody else. Um, We run Bitcoin. We are all running a full Bitcoin node um, that has sunk up up with the the Bitcoin blockchain. And the code forms a federation. Um, Once that federation is formed, we are then able to download a wallet app that is aware of Fedimint. Right now, none exists, but this company we're setting up is going to be creating the first um, um, Fedimint-compatible wallet. And you will then connect up to this federation. The way you would connect to the federation is each federation will have some sort of unique string attached to it. You would effectively enter those details into the wallet and that's it, you're connected. The simplest way of doing that will be, the details will be shown as some sort of QR code on the screen of your server to begin with and you'll take your app, you scan that QR code and that's it, you're done. Sign up takes, is no no longer than the time it takes to download the app and scan a QR code. And that's it. Three seconds, maybe five done no passports no driver's license no selfie and um if you are if you're one of the guardians you would need to uh, make a backup of your 24 word key for yourself but even then if you were to lose that if you're storing as long as the majority of um guardians hadn't lost it you'll still be able to recover so if there was five of you As long as three of you retained your copies, you'll still be able to recover, which would be not the case if you were solo custodying. If you lost your keys, that's it, it's gone. And so anyway, you've now set up the federation. Next is you have friends or family who are asking you um, if you could custody on their behalf, for example, or they wanna hold Bitcoin, where should they hold it? Instead of, making a call to either explain to them to, to self-custody in a hardware wallet, even though you're concerned that they're not going to be comfortable or fair with doing it safely, or telling them to go to a regulated exchange, even though you're concerned that the regulated exchange may become insolvent, may be doing something um, um, nefarious with the users, uh, Bitcoin, etc. And so you have these two choices which For non-technical users um, are probably not ideal either way. If they're technical, great. Tell them And they have the capital, tell them to self-custody. But what you tend to find is for many people who are less technical and and don't have the time to invest to look at it in the short term, most people grudgingly advise them to go off to use an exchange. Now they have another option because they're running this federation. They can just say, download this app. And scan this QR code, and you're done. That's all you need to worry about. And what it means is that you and these other four guardians are effectively, um, um, it's effectively guarding your these users' Bitcoin, but in this federated manner. So you're not taking all the responsibility yourself, but you also can be safe in the knowledge that they're not holding it on a, on a, a stranger's exchange and not knowing what's going to happen to it.
0: Where, where is the, where is the Bitcoin? That's what, I, that's the, that's what I'm missing here. So it, it's within the exchange, like there, there's a vault open when you, when you start the Federation, it opens a vault and all of the combined Bitcoin goes into, into that, or what am I, what am I, uh, screwing up here
1: no there's no exchange first of all so that's uh, exchange is the alternative option to using a federation or self-custody is the alternative option to using
0: it right okay so the exchange but you you would need the exchange to exchange your fiat into uh bitcoin and then um, it would go to the federation
1: so that's that's a separate question of how do you get your bitcoin in the first place Uh but just so um a a Betty Mint Federation is a form of custody. So it's like asking the question of, I've got a Trezor or a ledger, how do I get my Bitcoin in the first place? Is separate to how does a Trezor work? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but we can come onto that later, but in terms of the custody, um, effectively what you're doing is creating a multi-signature wallet. Um, the signatories to that wallet, You can think of them as the different guardians of the federation. They, they separately make their own private key. And then between say, for example, in this example, five people, they form a five party multi-signature wallet. They form a five party multi-signature wallet. And that multi-signature wallet can have money sent to it. Or if three out of the five of them sign a transaction, money can be sent away from it. So it's a multi-signature wallet, which can, have money sent into it and receive, receive from it. However, this federation also um, creates a ChaoMian mint, effectively. So when money is sent to that wallet, these five parties will coordinate with each other to create a certain amount of um, what's called e-cash. And this e-cash is then sent on to the party that was the intended beneficiary of that um, money that was sent in. So if I have, oh, to give you an example, um, your, my uncle decides that they want to get some Bitcoin and I'm, I, I'm a member of this federation. I tell them to download uh, this um, federation compatible wallet. Um, they scan the QR code, they now have a, uh, they're now connected Mm-hmm. The experience looks very similar to any mobile wallet. It will mm-hmm. start off with zero balance, and then they can create a, for example, lightning invoice to receive um, a certain amount of Bitcoin. They then show that lightning invoice QR code, as they would do in any lightning app wallet, to um, someone. For example, they're they're working in a shop and they want to receive payment for something. Um, someone with a another wallet, Strike, what of Satoshi, Coin Corner, or what have you, uh, Moon will scan that QR code and send a transaction over the Lightning Network. That Lightning transaction will ultimately hit this wallet. I can go into details of how, but will hit this uh, multi-signature wallet that's being managed by these five guardians. Mm -hmm. When that transaction comes in, the guardians will then create an equivalent amount of eCash cash tokens and send those on, which are only usable within the federation, and send those on, i.e. Member, to, to the members of the federation, send those on to the, to the user who, who um, requested that deposit.
0: So that and shows so up on their Fediment wallet as the equivalent yeah. amount of Bitcoin that is now in the federation, uh, that is to them, that is exactly. theirs.
1: And that's that's theirs, and they will be able to see it from their point of view, it will look like an increase in their balance of Bitcoin. What it is, is actually, in fact, an increase in their balance of e-cash, i.e. cash that has been um, minted, related to the Bitcoin that's come in. It's almost like you can think of it as a mini sidechain for just the members of the Federation almost. So the, the same way Liquid works, you send money to Liquid, and then Liquid creates a a certain amount of LBTC for use within the uh, within the um, within the liquid side chain. It's almost like that, but just for the federation of. But you're creating instead of one side chain for every user of Liquid, you create a mini one just for your family. Um, mm-hmm. And then, if you wish to, you can. If you want to spend the tokens, you can send it to an address outside. And what will happen is your your eCash tokens, in, just in the same way with Liquid, will be sent back to the federation, they will destroy those those eco tokens, and then from their um, wallet of Bitcoin, they will create a transaction on on chain or over, over lightning out towards the intended recipient, which could be another wallet that you own, or it could be a merchant or whatever, or what have you.
0: Do you see the use case for this as to be like day-to-day transactions like you just described or more like inheritance uh, planning, long-term planning safety?
1: This I can see to be depending on how you set it up and who are the parties that are the guardians could be used for every use case from day-to-day expenditure, i.e. becoming your circular economy a world where people are using this day-to-day to buy and sell um, and trade and pay back um, um, debts owed by their friends and family when they went to the shops or they went to the dinner and someone paid the bill and like they they, they cover it or they they pay for the bill they um, go to the grocery store pay for the grocery store they receive payment salary it could be everything they use for your day-to-day expenditure. And also, you can use it to custody for the longer period of time. Uh, if you are someone who's from the West and you have a certain level of wealth and you have a certain level of technical acumen, then you may want to use this type of wallet just for your day-to-day expenditure. And then you can use a hardware wallet for um, long-term storage. Um, for example, I can, I can see that happening. Um, if you are someone from the global South, then, and where, you know, the total amount of assets to your name are, are less than three, two or 3000, it may make sense to just use this for all of your requirements, uh, or you can join, you could be by the way, be a member of multiple federations. So you can have, you could split your assets between two or three federations, but I could see that someone is you, someone uses this for if they don't have that much bitcoin in material terms for all of their, their assets which would be you know there's 2.8 billion people based on uh i think it was 2021 um um statistics who have in of all assets house property car everything to their name less than ten thousand dollars on the planet so there's a lot of people who who um would be able to use this for all of their needs. If you're getting to hundreds of thousands or so on, you may wish to do something else with some aspect, some part of your holdings and use this for more, the day-to-day or, or, or so on.
0: So then I wanna talk about, if if one person in that federation does the classic thing of lose their words or there's some kind of accident or fire or flood, boating, accident, whatever, If you're just the single guy that's done the self custody DIY, that's gone, that's lost forever. But in the federation model, how does that get recovered? You just call up the guys and say, yo, this happened. Phone went down the toilet, uh, you know.
1: So let's say you've got this federation of um, five people, um, five guardians, and there are like extended friends and family who are using it and or a small village and there's like a hundred people who are, who are using it as effectively their community um, custody um, and they are, but they are, they are all having their custody um, overseen by this group of five, six guardians, let's say it's five and you need three or five to affect a transaction out, but obviously, uh, the transaction in can always come in whenever. And so one of these people in this village loses their phone or it falls down a toilet or whatever. And they um, don't have um, any form of backup or so on and so forth. What they can do is this, first of all, when you sign up, you scan the QR code and you're in, for example. Now, um, the first thing you're gonna do With zero and you lose your phone, it doesn't really matter. because You had zero balance. So it only matters when you have more than zero balance. So you then um, receive some Bitcoin. Now, very commonly, you might find that your friends and family will be the ones, if you're the non-technical, who are buying it for you anyway. So to answer your previous question, they, they would have just probably just, they can send you some Bitcoin that they bought or they already have and they gifted you some to get you going. And now you've got a non-zero amount of Bitcoin. At that point, the system will um, say, okay, you've got a non-zero amount of Bitcoin. This is an example, Um, a non-zero amount of Bitcoin. Um, Let's back this up. And uh, the way to do that is very simple. You just enter your name and maybe date of birth. We don't actually send it anywhere. It's just something that you won't forget. Um, but we can use as an identifier for you, um, and that's stored. Your your keys are then encrypted and split up into, say, five chunks. In this case, and the five chunks are shared amongst the five guardians. Yeah, um, along with a tag saying, "Here's your here's your um, this 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 key relates to for this um, sort of pot of, of cash." relates to this person. Now, each guardian can't do anything with that because it's only a part of the share that they can't, they can't do anything with it. But they have it on record anyway, in case something has happened to you. So it just requires you to put your, your name, which hopefully you remember, your date of birth, which you hopefully remember, and that's it. And it's only for the purpose of tagging. Now, you then, a few months later, lose your phone um or it gets destroyed or or you you get locked out or whatever so you get a new phone at some point and or you get locked in or you wipe it and start again and uh, as part of the install and setup you download the app again you then scan the qr code of the federation you find someone else is a member of it they show you the qr code you scan it you're joined again seconds um uh, there will be some sort of now that you've um, effectively backed up your um, your details. There would now be an option to recover because you've backed it up. So you can click recover, and upon clicking recover, your phone will um, and the app will notify the different guardians saying one of your users wishes to recover their their key, and they you then as the user will um as part of the recovery you have to enter Well, what's your name and what's your date of birth It will be sent to these people and they will see your name and date of birth and they will know the key relates to the system will know the key relates to saying okay found the matching key um now then what you would need to do is contact at least three of those guardians either by phone or by video chat or by in person and say hey mate, uh it's it's uh, Princey here, um, and I forgot my key. Now, they will then work out whether they know you and it is you, and if it if it is you, they will then press a button, and their version, their part of your key, will be sent to your phone. And if you get three people to do that, then you'll have enough. Three of the five, you'll have enough to reconstitute your key locally. Your phone will. Wait till it's received free. And once it's received all free, it will automatically recover. So this process is very similar to the process that the high-end institutional grade or high net worth focused custody, Bitcoin custody offerings have, where if you lose your keys, they will take you go on a video call and check it is is who they think it is before they give you back um, access to your to your bitcoin um, but normally this service is only um only um, g- given to some of the um, vip high-end clients with this process everybody gets access to that now you may ask well but if they're not doing kyc how do they know you are who you say you are well because they've got something better than kyc it's kyf know your friend know your family if I went to your daughter and I say, hey, I'm Dan, can you recover my password? She's gonna go, well, you're not um, Dan because he's my father and I know who he is. I don't need to see a passport to know who he is. I know who he is because of the pre-existing relationship I've had for a long period of time. And so you don't need to do, you don't need to have all this information given because you've been giving it to, uh, you've been giving an identification of yourself with your friends and family throughout your life, you know? Um, so your, your friends will, pray. if they don't know who you are, then they're not close enough to be your guardians, you know. Um, and, and, in that, and that should be um, then a, a rule to not join that federation if the guardians don't know you well enough to be able to recognize you just by you being able to call them and get on a phone call with them or meet up with you. Yeah, um, which is good because that means that these things don't scale beyond a certain level. Um, which is a good thing. It's a feature, not a bug, because we mm-hmm. want a future where you don't have five exchanges like we have today doing 90 to 95 percent of the world's trade volume. You want 500,000 smaller, or five million of these smaller ones, each each representing um, companies and villages and families and group friend groups, you know, and small organization groups. That's a much more decentralized future where they, they get the benefit of forming a group, they get the economies of scale from forming a group and all these benefits of being able to cover it, have each other's backs, but they're not so big that they start becoming these political monsters and onerous and so on.
0: Right, so the, the way I'm thinking about it is self-custody, straight up self-custody, we know as uh, be your own bank. The Fedebrint model is kind of like be your own community bank,
1: uh, exactly. if, right, That's a, okay. That's that's a very good way of thinking about it. Be your own, um, be your own community bank. Yeah.
0: Which, as Bitcoiners, we we love the the idea of rebuilding communities, right? Grassroots movement, whether that's regenerative farming or building the the citadel of your dreams with uh, the the people that you've um come to know and love. Uh, whether it's, that,
1: it's, it's very much about local communities helping each other to um, and supporting each other in this new world. But you're a local community creating this community bank made by the community, run by the community, for the community, but it instantly has access to global sediment 24 seven, instant uh, lightning fast payments, um, really high levels of personal privacy, and, 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 and the list goes on for many benefits by, by having access to this. So you, you're able to offer the service that normally only some of the largest institutions in the world can have, but at a local level.
0: I got to ask about the signing process, because let's say you've got this group of five, um, uh, three of which are guardians. Uh, no, let's,
1: let's, let's. let's five. five are guardians.
0: All five are. All five are guardians. Right. Okay. So yes. let's say that there's 15, all 15 would be guardians.
1: Yes. It's, it's that three or five. Three is the, just the multi six setup. Just like you have right. two or three, three or five. You just configure how, what percentage of those guardians are needed to be able to sign a transaction.
0: I see. So the
1: higher the percentage, the more effort it takes to, for some, if you have uh, four or five, uh, then it means you'll need four of them to sign. But it then the, the the upside of that means you need at least four before a transaction goes out. The downside is it only requires two before you can't sign a transaction. If two become unavailable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. So, 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 so the general balance with multi multi-sig in general is you try to make it so it's slightly more than halfway needed to sign a transaction. So my question a, is... Uh,
0: my question is: We're all part of this uh, federation, the uh, the guys that you were talking about earlier, but uh, we're all geographically differently located. Uh, am I going to get um, a little ping every time Obi's smashing poncha in Madeira at like one a.m. to to verify that? Do I need to sign that transaction? Like, how, how does that work? No, you know? no.
1: So, so this is it, why it's important that the um backend servers uh, are headless so just like bitcoin d you don't get a ping every time someone does a transaction on the bitcoin network or no. lightning you don't get a ping it's the same way it's this, pro- it's this once you set it up and configure it right then for the day to day usage the signing will happen automatically if, right. if the transaction comes through and it has the, and, it, and it verifies that the keys that are signed transaction are valid then it will then then the server will just do it would part. choose
0: three out of the five and done, and on we go, right? Okay, yeah,
1: it, it, would just, it would just be running. You just need to keep it bed and watered with electricity and, and, and internet, and that's it. Um, yeah, so you wouldn't need to do anything day in, day out, otherwise, you couldn't use it for day to day payments if each time.
0: No, that's what I was missing. That part, like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but then that's the same way of, for Coinbase. Ultimately, Coinbase is a wallet run by um a company and that company is actually internally he's probably got a number of people who have a multi-signature um key as well but ultimately every time a transaction comes through a process automatically signs it and approves it it doesn't require someone in the office to say yes each time one of their customers does a transaction
0: so yeah. it- just in case I've I've missed this, there would have to be a piece of hardware acquired as well. Like it might just look like a node that you, you run at home, like you
1: said, uh, has you to be fed and watered. You fed- need to run a full Bitcoin node each Guardian. Yeah. Yep. And you then need to run the Fedimin software as well. Just the run, minutes-
0: that, Then that will soon probably be just a plug in on Umbrel or MyNode or something. Uh, is that the dream?
1: If so you are in a part of the world where you can receive an umbrella, have it delivered to you and set up, then yes, you can use that. If you're not, then you'd probably um, have a old computer mm-hmm. and you would download Umbrel or or um, Nozzle or Raspberry Blitz software to that. Or you can go off and do it yourself and download Bitcoin D and download Mint and run it because all, all these others do is just package that up so it's easier. Um, but yes, you would, you would, some way or another. So, in terms of Hardware, you could use an existing, old, old very old, very inexpensive um, computer, um, which you can get computers pretty much in every country in the world mm-hmm. uh, that are if they're old enough. But the beauty of Bitcoin, because we because the protocol is focused on maximum decentralization, the hardware requirements for running a Bitcoin node are so low that even a computer from before the existence of Bitcoin can run, Bitcoin um, still can run Bitcoin D. They might need a slightly larger hard drive over a, the one that was available in a fifteen-year-old computer, but a one terabyte hard drive can be picked up for forty dollars, fifty dollars. Um, and so, if you, you could, you could almost some of these computers are being given away if they're old enough, plus a plus a hard drive, and you can be, you can have the requirements you need. But, but if if you have a Rusty Blitz, well, Rusty Blitz is an open source protocol, you have to buy the pots yourself, but if you have a, um, an umbrella or a noddle, yeah, great. You can buy that. And uh, uh, we'd imagine that there would be a, uh, something that's available from, from, their, from their stores or so on, which you can just download Fedimint and just, you know, some user interface, you put the IP addresses of the other guardians oh, yeah couple other pieces of configuration information and click go and it will it would configure connect to each other and just run just like your bitcoin node will run and you you would it will probably when you click on it it will show a qr code and you scan the qr code to get started and then from then on you you for most day-to-day running you just you just you just need to sit there and not have to do anything to it just get on with life yeah, yeah just get on with life just like It should be with lightning nodes normally in day-to-day and definitely with a Bitcoin D um, day-to-day, most of the time, you don't need to do anything to it.
0: I love the fact that this works at both ends of the spectrums as well, because obviously you're talking about um, this can be run on 15-year-old computers, which is probably going to be only available to those in the global south where you're very focused but at the end of the day, as well, on the other end of the spectrum, plebs that are listening to this that are already running full nodes and have this problem where they have family or friends that they know they have Bitcoin but they're not self custodied, you've you've offered a situation here where you can create a federation between them, and then know that their Bitcoin is safe. It, it's going to be yeah, within that federation.
1: You know what you're doing. You're like saying, well, you're holding money on behalf of your. You're already dealing with the risk that something's gonna to happen to you. Now you've got the responsibility of something's gonna to happen to you, plus the family and friends who are trusting you with your Bitcoin. And so if you if you saw an accident happened to you and heaven forbid it does, you don't only lose yours, but you lose your friends and family's Bitcoin. If you have this federation, if you're thinking of you in the West, then you now know these people that you trust as your your your, your brothers and sisters in arms will be able to still have you covered, your next kin can still recover your Bitcoin and the family of friends who relied on you, they won't even, well, they will notice your loss because they're family and friends, but they won't notice the loss of their Bitcoin and continue to operate. Um, so you need, if you want to that experience to for your friends and family, but and you don't want to have to force them to go and use an exchange, then it requires you to work in cooperation with other people anyway, mm-hmm. and you can, you can do that in some sort of ad hoc, custom way, or you can use Fedimint, and it will just work out the box. Um, there, yeah. So, and there are many other sort of use cases and scenarios that people will grow to love for it in the in the global South and in the West.
0: That's what I love about Bitcoin, mate. Once you get this thing out into people's hands, you'll be shocked at the different ways people take it and start yeah. uh, building on top of it.
1: Absolutely. Um I talk to if I talk to 10 different people about it, I hear 10 different ways of using it. And that's how I know that this is something incredibly powerful. Um also once people get the basics of what it is, um then it's one of these things where you go away and come back in a few weeks and their mind starts thinking, mm, I can use I can use Betty Mint for that, I can use Feddyment for that. I can wow, this is really big, and eventually realize this is the, the end conclusion is, this is the missing piece of the Bitcoin open source ecosystem. This is the third pillar of the ecosystem. Pillar number one, the central pillar, is Bitcoin itself. That's decentralized, censorship resistant, store of value, money. Um, pillar number two is Lightning, which is decentralized, censorship resistant payments. And what was missing and what we have now is pillar number three, which is decentralized censorship resistant custody. And when you combine those, I can custody it without having to rely on a third third party in exchange. I can transfer value from one place to another without having to rely on a third party to handle the transfer. And the base asset that I'm holding and storing and, and as this providing assurances of being inflation protected is also doesn't have to, by definition, it can only get that by not having to rely on a third party as well, which is Bitcoin. They all work together to get this decentralized whole. And that's the only way we're going to be able to get to the point where we have the potential for billions of people to be using Bitcoin. Um, And the reason why is, if I'm relying on regulated custody, by definition, regulations are rules on who can and can't have access to something. And the existence of those rules means some people will not be able to have access by definition. Um, And on the other hand, first party custody is great if you can do it, but we know that due to cost complexity and fear in, in, um, in the people who are trying to help custody, um, there are a number of people, actually a very large number of people who are going to be excluded from Bitcoin because they don't meet the requirements, of whatever they may be, to be able to self-custody. When you add those two together, you're talking about billions of people being excluded for one reason or another from accessing Bitcoin. And if you have billions of people who cannot access Bitcoin for complexity reasons or regulatory reasons, you cannot have hyper bitcoinization because hyper bitcoinization, by definition is everybody being able to have access to it. So you need you need this as part of the solution to get to hyper Mate,
0: we're so early. It's, uh, I, you know, I've been talking to you about this for the last, uh, when, when were we together? Two or three weeks ago and you had to take it, you had to run it past me two or three times and show me your video Presentation at um Miami 2022. And now we've just had this conversation as well. You got a lot of work ahead of you helping us understand this, but uh, I'm beginning obviously to uh to see where you want to take this and what it could mean.
1: <clears throat> and like you say, that lightning as well, by the way. That happened with lightning to begin with. the yeah. of, time for people to understand it. And even today, I think most people will struggle to explain exactly. They may have gone through it once and sort of understood it, but then once they've got to a point where they sort of understood it, then they go, okay, that's enough. I don't need to go into any more detail. But the majority of people, um, um, it will take time to fully understand lightning, but it is still a very powerful technology for Bitcoin and it is gaining adoption. And the same thing will happen with FedyMind. With it will take time for people to understand it, but people are understanding. Excitement is through the roof for it. And while they're understanding it, it will gain adoption. And it's also one of these things that, as you start seeing it being used and set up and run, a lot of times you only get it when you see it. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, "Okay, I get it." And now I see how uh, these these guardians work together, and I connect to it. And when you have that aha moment, um, and we can't wait to show people that aha moment of like downloading the app, scanning a QR code, and bam, you're done. You're Bitcoining. You know, it's 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 really exciting.
0: Mate, I'm looking forward to uh, to to seeing it in action. All right, I got Wendy on the usual question. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to, and why?
1: Um, if I had one orange pill to give someone, I would give it to a very topically. Um, I don't know why, but it's just going through my mind. I would give it to um, Boris Johnson. And the reason why is because today, um, Boris Johnson's announced that he's resigned. So he must be feeling incredibly low, without much hope. And uh, Bitcoin is hope. So I'll give it to him.
0: All right, brother. Nice, Nicely done. What, um, what do you want to say to plebs? Where can they uh, reach out and find you? Where can they um, get in contact if they want to learn more about Fediment?
1: Well, Fediment, uh, to find out more about Fediment, you go to fediment.org. That's F-E-D-I-M-I-N-T.org. And to find out about our new business, um, we will be announcing it and it is going to be called Fedi. And Feddy is the, going to be the name for the app, which will be the first Feddy Mint protocol-based app. All right, mate. Well,
0: as always, great to hang out, great to catch up. Look forward to uh, seeing you again in real life pretty soon, I hope, and uh, getting some more ponchas on the uh, the island of Madeira, which we did not talk about, but we might do <laughs> again soon.
1: No worries, matey. Thank All you. All right, brother. Take care.
0: Well, plebs, what did you think of that? Thank you again, Obi, for coming on and sharing that whole story of how you come to move away from CoinFloor, your, your role now with the uh, with the fund. Well done on that. That's just amazing news. Uh, very bullish on what you guys are going to be able to do there and the people that you're going to be able to fund. And again, well done on Fediman. Really looking forward to seeing how this one plays out. This is pretty new news to those people that are listening to this one first. As always, it takes a little while for this kind of information to drop into place and understand it. It's taken me, like I said, towards the end there. I'm still trying to get my uh, heads to grips with it, but as Obi made the analogy there to the Lightning Network, It took a long time for that to actually, uh, you know, hit people's gray matter. And the same will be with this, and with a lot of the other new projects that are coming out as well in the space, because believe me, there's a lot being built behind the scenes right now, and it's great to see. So bullish. I mean, it might actually mark the bear market, because we know great things get built in bear markets, and there are some more projects out there that are coming down the pipe obi all the best brother really look forward to uh, chatting to you again soon and for you and the team that are putting this together i hope it achieves everything that you want it to i.e help billions of people start bitcoining and move bitcoin towards a global reserve money thank you for listening guys everything that you do out there whether it's tweeting replying sharing Uh, listening on fountain app that's a great way to help support the show not only do you stream sats but now you get paid sats as well for listening to shows go check out fountain app that's where a lot of the plebs are heading to listen to their podcasts now Uh, support the show sponsors check out the links in the show notes big shout out to consensus network who are doing incredible work educating people around the world, translating as many book, Bitcoin or Bitcoin related books into as many different languages as they can. Go check out Max, uh, bit by bit, he's got a merch store. That link is in the show notes. Ungovernable Misfits, doing some uh, a cool little side project and it's great to see some Britcoiners stepping up to the plate and uh, you know adding value in a different sense. And of course, check out all of the show sponsors in there and get yourself to a conference i look forward to meeting you in riga if you're going to come along or be a Ritz surfing bitcoin or of course prague for liberty in our lifetime stack with swan coin corner bitcoin reserve and of course relay take care guys catch you on the next show and keep your sats safe with the bitbox o2 bitcoin only edition hardware wallet by shift crypto sorry guys i run over the music there (laughs) but please do get a hardware wallet catch you on the next show guys take care